The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday morning. I'm glad you're with us and giving us an opportunity uh, to just go through the Word of God together and for a few moments today on this Thursday morning. Uh, if you're following along with us in Scripture, uh, we are in Matthew chapter 14. We're actually going to finish 14 and probably jump a little bit into the beginning of chapter 15 as we continue to work our way through the life of Christ in Matthew's Gospel. Um, let's start in Matthew chapter 14, verse 34. This one is in a bit of an intriguing story because there is a potential connection to another story, but we can't guarantee, we, we, you know, there's no way to 100% guarantee it. So I'm going to give you an opinion of what might be taking place and then we'll move on to chapter 15. So in verse chapter 14, verse 34, the Bible says, And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And the men of that place recognized him, recognized Jesus. They sent him out into all, they sent out into all that surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, catch this, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as it touched it were made perfectly well. Now you're really, far as I know, and I might miss this, but far as I know and be able to find out, there's only really two times that this idea of the hem of Jesus' garment being touched, bringing healing, took place. Uh, this is the second one. The first one was another scenario where Jesus was actually following uh, a, a ruler back to his house for the purpose of healing his daughter. Uh, Jairus, I believe was the name. The daughter ultimately died and Jesus healed and brought, brought her back from the dead. In the process of them going back to his house, uh, there was just this huge crowd and another lady. Uh, the Bible just describes her as a woman with the issue of blood. Um, and she comes up. And she kind of just wants to disappear due to her medical condition, doesn't really want to be seen. And she just sneaks through, grabs the hem of his garment, and he stops. He says, well, who touched me? And of course, Peter begins to make fun of him. He goes, all kinds of people are touching you. Why would you notice this? And he says, well, virtue's gone on my body, but you know, healing has gone out. And immediately what, what you see there is you see that Jesus recognized something unique in the fact. This woman's um, her frustration, her faith, and he says, it's by your faith you've been made whole. Catch this. It wasn't by him, it was by her faith. Her faith is what brought the power because multiple people had been bumping against Jesus and yet they had not enjoyed the same result. Well, then later on, we see this unique scenario. And again, you can't, can't guarantee to connect these two stories, whether this is something she told people and it ran with it or her story came out that she did this. But you get to another section later where in another situation when people came, instead they didn't necessarily come out and ask for healing. They just touched the hem of his garment. Somehow, I, and, and this is my opinion, I can't prove it either way, but I wonder if somehow it, she had told or other people told of her story. And in telling that story, uh, these people came out and said, I can do the same thing. And again, faith. And if these are connected, isn't it intriguing that this lady's just simple step of faith for personal healing resulted in so many other people enjoying this same thing? Uh, you have no idea, uh, the principle we could put is you have no idea how in your hurt and your struggle, whatever you're going through, how God might use that for others as well. And so we go through it, we go through it in faith, and we trust God, and we let God take care of the things we don't understand, and we wait and see how God can use even those bad things in our life for his glory. Let's continue now down to chapter 15. Uh, verse 1, it says, Then when the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem uh, came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tra tradition of the elders? 
for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Now, please understand something that was very popular and the struggle Jesus was confronting often. Uh, there had been a 400-year gap from the last time God had spoken to the Israeli people until John, until John the Baptist came and he spoke to his father. Uh, and there's 400 years of silence. And you really take into account, that's really longer than America's been an official country. That's a long period of time. Well, in that process, the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees already had the law that God had given Moses, but they kept adding things to it, adding traditions. And, and by the way, traditions by themselves are not bad as long as they well, our traditions, as long as they're taught as traditions, as long as people remember, okay, this is our preference, this is our tradition, this is not gospel, this is not a command. But they didn't, they put it as a command. Notice he says, you are um, a transgression the trend traditions of the elders. You're not washing out. What they came down to a purity thing. It was a health thing. Wash your hands before you eat. We do the same thing today. Uh, but to them, it was a purity thing and you had to be perfect. And they just added this. Well, Jesus was annoyed because they're making a big deal about something that is simply a tradition, a preference, had no biblical basis whatsoever. So he turns around, and he doesn't do this a lot, but as he gets later in his ministry, he does this more. He turns around and actually confronts them on a thing where they're actually breaking the law and not necessarily, or using their, abusing their position and not necessarily just a preference. So he goes down in verse three. He says, he answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition, for God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father and mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift, of God, a gift to God, and he needed to honor his father and or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. So what's going on here? Simply, there's X amount of money that was given to them in their position. They were supposed to give it to their parents. They were supposed to take care of their elderly parents, honor their parents. In this situation, what they were doing is they were abusing their position. And that money, instead of being used to help their parents, it was shifted back into the temple. Again, you got to think about it. That would have looked spiritual. It would have looked great. It didn't hurt them. It only hurt their parents. And simply, their parents were likely going to be allowed to live in poverty uh, and a lot of different things because they were putting that money into the temple. Well, what would happen if they put that money in the temple? Well, likely they were seen as great because of this extra money. Maybe they received promotions. Either way, self-promotion self was what ended up happening. And he says, listen, God has commanded you to take care of your parents, and yet here's what you do. And there's a loss there in that part. And I glance at this and I think, you know, it's an interesting perspective where he jumps back on something that he knew was happening. And what he's doing is he's reminding them that he is aware of God's law. He's aware of scripture. He's aware of their actions. He knows their hearts. Really what he's doing is he's reminding them that he is God. So we look at this and that by itself is amazing. So then he goes on and he continues down an interesting principle that we can pull. And it's a bit of, it's a, bit of a it's a confrontation, it's a powerful thought when you think about it. He goes down, verse 7, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Now, catch this. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They say the right things. They profess the right things. They might even teach the right things, but their heart, their internal soul, their actions are far from me. 
Okay, they, they know what to say. They sound religious. They sound good. They sound Christian. But in reality, they're not. They're empty. They're fake. Uh, now, that might mean a couple things. That might mean that someone is putting on a religious front but is not really saved. It might mean, too, that somebody is saved but they're carnal, they're, they're backslidden, and they're not following God. And so what they've done, instead of getting right with God, they know all the uh, Christianese, the right lingo, they know what to say. And they might even overdo it. Sometimes when I see people who are overly, I don't want to say overly spiritual, but they just seem to overdo. There just seems like it's, they're working too hard at all of this. And you sit back and wonder, well, what's going on? It's like, it just doesn't seem natural. Like they're fighting it. Wonder, well, they're maybe compensating. Here's a point that I heard a guy say years ago, an example of this. You ever hear a preacher who constantly just nails on one sin over and over and over and over again? Um, you know, it could be greed, could be adultery, could be a lot of things. And it just seems like the guy... You know, he finds every way to take every set of scripture and point it back to that, and he's constantly beating on something. And the preacher I heard say that, he goes, makes you wonder if maybe that's not his sin and he's covering it by preaching against it. We can't prove that, but I've learned in my experience that a lot of times it ends up being true. I can't prove it, but it's an interesting theory. Here's the point. When your heart is genuinely right with God, worship is something natural. When you're faking it, it's obvious. And he says, it's one thing to honor God with your words. But if your heart is far from him, either you're not truly saved or you're just faking it, even as a Christian, may that not be the case. May, and we'll talk tomorrow about more about our lips and, how, and our words and how they, they, can just be, they need to be used correctly. Uh, but it's an interesting principle here. As he confronts them and really comes down to it, you know, what to write, you know the right things to say, and you've chosen to follow. And this, by the way, go back to that first set of verses. I'm going to finish with this thought. They have chosen to follow traditions that God did not put in Scripture while ignoring what God put in Scripture. Be very careful when you find somebody who sits a command of Scripture that maybe wasn't for the church age or maybe wasn't, you know, it's for just the Jewish people or historically doesn't fit. And a lot of times they hold on to really heavy traditions that aren't in the New Testament. They aren't for us and they ignore other things. Um, they be, you know, and that's what they do. Got a lot of tradition, a lot of personal standards or whatever, but they miss some simple things in Scripture. Let the Word of God be the basis we hold on to. And watch someone who doesn't have a balance. Usually if they're overbalanced in one area, they are in the other. Thanks again for joining us today as we look in the Word of God. We continue through the book of Matthew. Stick with us as we continue verse by verse, section by section, examining Matthew's gospel and learning uh, and walking through the life of Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.